Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. Isaiah, the second chapter. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us to walk his, to walk his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. A series we're going to be doing, the things we're going to be exploring and getting into. Um, because we are in Advent now. Welcome to Advent. We are in that season, that four weeks um, before Christmas, the color is blue or purple. So one liturgical season that we have optional colors, that we have both. It's a time of preparing and waiting. Waiting for Christmas, for the celebration of the birth of Christ, and for the second coming when Jesus comes again. We prepare for that celebration of Christmas, the birth of Christ, when God incarnated as a human person, when God became one of us in all of our sorrow um, and failings and joys. And it is a peaceful time in spite of sorrow and strife. We're going to be hearing the story of Jesus born in the stable, not born in a hospital or a maternity center or a home, or even an inn, but born in a barn. That even then, we struggled making room for God in our lives. And that even in the midst of that sorrow and strife, God brought peace and joy. And that sorrow, that strife, would continue throughout Jesus' earthly life. Shortly after he was born, the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, had to flee to Egypt as refugees because King Herod was trying to kill Jesus. And it would continue, and finally, Jesus would be crucified. That sorrow and strife would always be there in his life. And God, incarnate in Jesus the Christ, would bring Peace and love right in the midst of all of that sorrow and strife. It's also a time when we wait and prepare for the second coming. After Jesus resurrected, he spent time with the disciples and then he ascended into heaven. And he said, I will come again. I am coming back. And it was traditionally thought that he would return on Easter, which is an annual celebration of the resurrection. Or on a Sunday, which is a weekly celebration of the resurrection. And that he would come in the clouds from the east. 
So we have that hymn, People Look East, which we'll be singing in a few weeks. We look forward to that day when the kingdom of heaven is no longer now but not yet. It's just now. Right now, the reign of Christ, that day when Christ returns. And the reading that that Randall shared with us is the prophet Isaiah giving us a glimpse of that day. And so this Advent season, we celebrate how Christ made possible what was once impossible or seemed impossible. Peace made possible. We just celebrated Thanksgiving this last week. It's a time of gratitude, of family, of connectedness, of food. Sometimes conflict and struggle. Sometimes sorrow and strife. Holidays bring excitement. But those very same holidays can be a source of sorrow. When I was a kid, holidays were often difficult for me. Um, My parents were divorced when I was very young. And it seemed like the holidays brought out the worst in them, their anxiety and stuff. So I decided when I grew up, I was going to make the holidays wonderful. I'd seen those, you know, Hallmark family Christmas where everything is perfect and beautiful and peaceful. And I thought, that, I'm going to get me some of that. So as a young adult, I did everything I could to make the holidays wonderful and beautiful and joy-filled. But you know, I never quite got to that perfect Christmas. No matter what I did, there was always an element of sorrow or strife. And then one year, sorrow really took center stage. My grandma had been feeling sick to her stomach and went to the doctor. And my grandma was that amazing, nurturing, loving presence in my childhood. I was very close to her. And they found cancer. And they scheduled her for surgery. It was a little before Thanksgiving. And she did not recover well. Um, After surgery, she was in the ICU, and she was just profoundly exhausted, so tired it was hard to breathe. She had no voice, but she had this very faint whisper. And I visited her every single day. And she improved. They moved her to a rehab hospital. She was breathing okay now, but she still had no voice. It was still just a whisper, and she couldn't swallow very well. And I visited her every single day. And she improved, and they said, she's, you know, we're going to get ready for her to go home, but she shouldn't be living on her own. Um, And so she was going to come to my house. And we got a room ready. Um, And I was excited, even though she was doing poorly. I was so looking forward to just that gentle daily togetherness and that I would get to care for her who cared for me. And on the day she was supposed to come home, the phone rang at 4 in the morning. And they said, she's dying. Come now if you want to. And so I drove through the dark 
cold, still night. And I arrived just minutes after she died. And I sat there with her. And I remembered something she'd brought up multiple times. Resurrection of the body. She'd say, now we, we believe in resurrection of the body, but I've got questions. She said, is it our 20-year-old body? And if it is, then how will I recognize my parents in heaven? Or is it the 70-year-old body? Because I'm not very fond of this one. <laughs> and I sat there with her, you know, just minutes after she died, and I thought, well, now she knows. She died on December 15th, 23 years ago. And so the holiday season always touches my heart. That sorrow comes again. Some of you have had sorrow during the holiday seasons, and it, 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 gets, it holds in your heart, just like mine. Some of you have stressful family difficulties, and holiday gatherings are difficult, and you endure them, or you skip them, and neither one feels very good. Some of you are going through your first Christmas without a loved one. And some of us in the world are living through the hell of war right now. Jesus was born in the Middle East in a land claimed by multiple nations who were quick to violence. And this holiday season, our brothers and sisters in Israel and Gaza are suffering. How long, O oh Lord, will we wait for peace? How long, O oh Lord? It is an Advent refrain. It's one that's in many psalms. Psalm 13, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Or Psalm 74, how long, O oh God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Or Psalm 94, O oh Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exalt? How long, O oh Lord? And then God comes to us. God comes to us. In the birth of Christ, God comes to us in the resurrection. God comes to us in the second coming. God brings peace and joy right into all of that sorrow and suffering. A peace and joy so strong, so overwhelming, that it invades and conquers. Well, the prophet Isaiah knew all about God's peace and joy. The prophet lived about 600 BCE. Uh, this is a carving on a church in France about in the 1200s of Isaiah prophesying. Israel seemed to always be right in the middle of big empires, big powerful empires. There were the Egyptians and there was the Babylonians and there was the Hittites and there was the Assyrians and there was the Romans. And the, these 
empire seemed always to be, you know, getting stronger and an army was on the way. Isaiah was watching the Assyrians in 600. He was watching them growing in power, marching towards Israel. And he knew that God was their only hope. But the people didn't put their trust in God. They didn't follow God's ways. They were worshiping idols. They were relying on their own strength. And Isaiah could predict exactly how this was going to work out. We call it prophesying. Isaiah was a prophet and he told people, turn to God. This is what's going to happen. And Isaiah was right. The Assyrians arrived in 587, conquered Judah, sent the people into exile. And it was not the end. There was more. Sorrow and strife were there. They always are. As God brings peace and joy. And Isaiah is telling us about this peace and joy that is coming. And he starts, as Randall started, in the last days. We could say, when Christ returns again. And he said, at that time, all nations will come to God. There will be no us and them. It will only be us. One human family loved and nurtured by God, and God will settle their disputes. God is that great peacemaker. Jesus is the prince of peace, peace made possible. Well, how? Well, God doesn't do it by taking away our differences. And God doesn't do it, it seems, by taking away our sorrow or our strife. In fact, deep sorrow is a reflection of deep love. But God settles our disputes. God invades our sorrow and our strife with a peace and joy so complete that we are transformed. We cease needing our tools of war and we transform them into tools of life. beating our swords like a blacksmith into plows for next year's harvest, beating our spears like a blacksmith into pruning hooks for next year's harvest. The holiday we just celebrated, Thanksgiving, is is a celebration of harvest. That harvest, that's Isaiah's vision of those last days when death is transformed into life Because that's what God always does. God always transforms death into life. Sorrow into joy. Strife into peace. And that is what we are celebrating today. Not that hallmark, picture-perfect Christmas that I struggled so hard to create and failed. That I suspect actually does not exist. Instead, we are celebrating something much more real and much more powerful. Peace and joy in the midst of sorrow and strife. Peace in our hearts, peace in our families, peace between countries, peace in the world. And that that 
And it won't be done by God controlling us or forcing us. This peace and joy is by invitation. God's invitation to be part of the kingdom of heaven, that now but not yet, as we become agents of peace, as we, the followers of the great peacemaker, of the prince of peace, as we become peacemakers ourselves, peace made possible. And so we look to Isaiah's vision of that great day of peace when we will walk in the light of the Lord. And it actually starts right now. Advent is waiting and preparation. And so in this Advent time, we work on becoming agents of peace ourselves, taking that next step in our spiritual journey, joining in God's holy work of peacemaking. So who in your life has been an agent of peace? And how can you model your life after theirs? How can you prioritize peace in your life? How can you become an agent of peace? Peace with yourself? Peace with your family? Peace in your community? Peace in your country? Peace in the world? At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Christ. We celebrate that Jesus made possible what once seemed impossible. Peace made possible. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.